Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Tuesday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show. Today, I once again have Tom Peavy with me as we have a much shorter edition of Sports Call here on this Tuesday. Originally, we were supposed to go off air about 5 o'clock today, but because of a different schedule being played out in Lafette uh, for Borgard High School Basketball, the girls' game starting at 4.30 now, which we, of course, cover all of vars- or, or varsity girls and varsity boys' games. Uh, we are going to have to get off here at 4.15 today, so a much shorter show here on this Tuesday. Uh, we do have Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer coming on at 3.30 with us, and, of course, we will take phone calls uh, in all those in-between times up until 4.15. If you want to give us a call, 334 334- 887-3401 locally or toll-free 1 at 888-9-TIGER-9. Such a short show that our callers and our interview uh, will definitely take up most of it, so we'll see what topics we're able to get into today, such as the transfer portal or such as Auburn and Alabama basketball coming up in Coleman Coliseum tomorrow night. Uh, so we'll see what we're able to get to in this shortened edition of the show. Also, reminder that tomorrow will be a Wacky Wednesday. We'll have a special guest coming on air around 4 o'clock. We'll also have a Wacky Wednesday at 5 o'clock, which we're really excited about, and just a hint of nervousness about, too. So, <laughs> uh, we, But uh, that, were, that will be, we will be looking forward to for sure. So, again, shortened show, so let's go ahead and get to it. Tom Peavy, I hope you are well today. <clears throat> Doing great, and uh, it's nice to be able to be outside and have short sleeves on today. Yes. So, uh, yeah, doing great. Ready to see what these callers have in store for us. Absolutely. And so uh, usually we start the show with a topic and then get in the callers. But again, because of such a short show today, easy for me to say, let's go ahead and get to the orthopedic clinic phone line. 334-887-3401 locally or toll free. One at triple eight nine Tiger Nine. Up first today. James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. I'm War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know I've been covering the uh, playoff, the championship game for the NFL. And who do you think is going to win this weekend's playoff game between the Baltimore Ravens and Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a, a wonderful matchup. The way the Baltimore defense has been playing has been fascinating. And I think that when you're looking at it, it's going to be a lot about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And uh, certainly Lamar deserving of MVP this year. Mahomes has been the best quarterback in the league for a few years now. This is going to be a great matchup, and I think that the way the Chiefs are playing, these are the two best teams. Yeah, because, I mean, last weekend I was looking at uh, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs, and they were trying to compare uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, Patrick Mahomes, and they were trying to put them into the Hall of Fame uh, category. 
I just had to say no on that because I mean, if you're gonna if you're going to compare uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey into a Hall of Fame ballot selection, they have to win a couple of more Super Bowls to actually make it into the Hall of Fame as well. Well, I can tell you, uh, Travis Kelsey will be a Hall of Famer uh, at some point. He may be retiring at the end of this season, and uh, Kelsey will be a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best tight ends to ever play the game, so he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Patrick Mahomes most likely on his way to a Hall of Fame-type career. Uh, we'll see how the rest of it goes, but uh, I, I can tell you for a fact, Travis Kelsey will be wearing a gold jacket at, at some point. Yeah, because if, if he's going to wear a gold jacket – um, you know, for the Hall of Fame, I would have to put him like maybe with the with the with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, history. I'll, I'll probably put him like maybe on the other side of the of the Hall of uh, you know of uh, in the Hall of Fame. But I'll put him on the other side of the NFL Hall of Fame as well. So I'll put him on the other end with uh, a lot of non draft picks as well. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think Mahomes will uh, will definitely end up there. He's already won a couple Super Bowls, and uh, again, he's been been lights out for several years now. So obviously, still very young in his career, but uh, I think that he's uh, going to continue to play great football. Yeah, and then with the Super Bowl right around the corner, um, my Super Bowl predictions will have to be. I'm looking at the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens actually meeting up in the Super Bowl because I know a lot of people in Detroit they're saying that this is going to be their year to actually make it to the Super Bowl, which they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to keep my hopes up for the Detroit Lions. And, you know, with the Detroit Lions going into the Super Bowl, that that's going to be a really good win for the Detroit Lions to actually win uh, a Super Bowl, so I know they're going to play there. I think it's like their first year of playing the Super Bowl this year in 2024. Uh, I know their history-wise of, of Detroit, you have to go all the way back to like the Barry Sanders years of, uh, of the Detroit Lions as well. Yeah, and of course the Lions uh, have never won the Super Bowl, and uh, that they have been a franchise that has had uh, a lot of difficulty uh, in the success department. Again, that's why this run uh, has been so important for them. I know that they won, uh, you know, I, I, they, they won some things a long time ago. They won some NFL championships before the uh, the AFL and NFL merger. But yeah, they they've never won a Super Bowl, and so this is a this is a big deal for them if they're able to keep going here. You know, because I I mean, just like you said before. Uh, you know, I, I think this will be, you know, I know this is not their first time ever going to a Super Bowl, but for me, uh, I think this will be their first time ever going into a Super Bowl and playing a Super Bowl with uh, Lamar Jackson as well. Because I know the Baltimore Ravens have played uh, a great Super Bowl with uh, with Ray Lewis and uh, that that remarkable win over the Baltimore Ravens, uh, that, that would be a really good uh, a good matchup for me to actually see. And then for 2025, I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers playing against the LA Chargers for uh, Super Bowl 50, for Super Bowl 59 as well. So that's going to be a really good uh, Super Bowl that's going to be coming in 2025 for uh, New Orleans as well. So that's going to be a really good uh, matchup as well. Yeah, let's, let's, 
you know, to kind of focus on this uh, this one coming up here this year. I, I know that everyone, uh, I know 28 franchises are looking towards next year, but, uh, you know, Steelers and Chargers would have to, of course, be a uh, AFC playoff game. And, again, we'll we'll focus on next year once this year ends, but excited about these, uh, these last four teams of the playoffs. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, it's really down to these four teams, so – uh, I'm looking at Kansas City, but I don't think Kansas City is going to run away with Baltimore. So Baltimore has them. Uh, you know, everybody has Baltimore favorite to win. So I think you know I'm gonna put all my all my cards on the table and just push them out and uh, see if uh, Baltimore will win. And um, I'll just make that you know when they actually make the final uh, final announcement on the Nash- on the uh, NF- on the NFC. On the AFC Championship uh, discussion, then I'll just put the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl uh, in the Super Bowl bucket, and then I'll just wait until uh, the next team that's going to play in the NFC. So I'll probably put uh, either San Francisco or Detroit in in that Super Bowl uh, category as well. And then once that uh, category comes available, then I'll just pick. Uh, the two teams that are going to be playing in the Super Bowl as well. Yep, uh, that, that is how it would work indeed. And I do want to uh, pass along that your buddy, uh, Matt from Tallahassee, by the way, uh, said hello to you, War Eagle, and also was asking you uh, if you had any questions for him. He's uh, got some more swimming competitions in April. If you had a question for him to let him know. Um, I don't have any questions right now for uh matt but uh what he could do is he could um follow me on twitter and um you know i can get him my uh my actual direct number and uh we can actually talk more that way as well all right then all right and i'll call you all guys on wednesday war eagle war eagle appreciate that phone call that is james from montgomery joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Let's go ahead and go right back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Ward Dam Steve. Retire Ward Dam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you today? Okay, enough with the uh, introduction. We, we're running short on time, guys. Yes, sir. So, uh, good afternoon. All right, real quickly, guys, uh, I never thought I'd live to, to see this record broken, but it got broken last night. What was in that? The NBA. In the NBA. I don't. I don't watch a lot of NBA, so I'm not sure. Neither do I. But the uh, but a Bleacher Report uh, had it on the show. Let me read it. Uh, gentleman by the Joel Embiid. Is that yeah. his name? Yes. Yeah. He scored 70 points last night. Oh wow! I did not know that. Yeah, the, he broke the all-time NBA record. It was previously held by Will Chamberlain, who at that time had made 68. Yeah. I so, thought Will Chamberlain scored 100 in a game once. Well, it says, breaking Will Sidney, 57-year-old record of 68. I'm reading it here. Well, the 70, I'm sorry, the 76ers franchise record. Oh, it's okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, with uh, the 70 points, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then another record was broken over the over on Sunday in women's college basketball, the coach, right? Yeah, Terry uh, Vanderveer. Yeah, at uh, Stanford, yeah. yeah. Winning his coach ever. 1,203 victories. Yeah, very impressive. Long That's run for impressive. And I read that she has been coached for 40-something years. Yeah. She, she's been there a long, long time. Gosh, what is she, 90? I, didn't, I don't think she... Uh, not that no, old. I know, I know, she's I up know. in age. <laughs> I know. She's up in age. Okay. Uh, and, guys, real quickly, 
uh, I went to a website, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, called the Bracket Matrix. Yes. Have you seen where they put Auburn so far, the consensus on I, there? I would imagine probably on the two-line or three-line. Three-line. Three-line, okay. Right. The only number two SEC team on uh, two, two seeds right now is Tennessee. That makes sense. Yeah. And then Kentucky's with Auburn as number three. There are a total of seven SEC teams, according to Bracket Matrix, uh, that they're seeded. Now, they have other at-large. At large means what? They have to somehow be voted in by the committee? Uh, yeah, I believe that's how that is. Okay. Uh, those SEC teams are Florida and Georgia, and uh, South Carolina is the lowest of the, of the uh, SEC teams that are seated right now, according to them, uh, number uh, 11. So there you have it there. Real quickly, guys, I'm reading every day, every minute, maybe every hour, and all I'm continuing to hear is, Durkin and Kiffin, what are you guys hearing or any credible information that's better than that? I, I mean, right now, that's the two names that I've, I've been hearing. Uh, and yesterday, on yesterday's show, we talked about Kiffin, and it sounded like he was out of it. But then uh, later in the day, I read some things that sound like uh, that may not be the case, that Auburn's still going to talk to him. So, uh, yeah, uh, DJ Durkin and uh, Chris Kiffin, those are the two names that I keep hearing for that D.C. spot. Guys, I know very little. I've been reading people uh, negative and positive about both their pros and cons. Who would you say is the best fit uh, for, for Auburn? I think Auburn was probably right to look at Kiffin first. Um, I think that I, I, I kind of feel like I, I know Kiffin is still uh, it's still got some traction or there's still some people talking about him. Again, I thought that just the way the reporting was trending yesterday that it was possible Auburn had offered it to him and uh, he had declined or that there was just not enough interest on his side or something like that. But I could be wrong. It could still end up being him. But I, I just felt as of yesterday, and I still kind of feel that, that Durkin would be the more likely outcome. Uh, again, I think that Kiffin would probably lead the way just because I think that there is a little more intrigue on uh, on upside for him. And I think that uh, he is someone that obviously worked with Hugh Freeze before uh, at Ole Miss. Uh, again, has a, a certain recruiting acumen, which is very positive. Of course, they already have that with Kelly there. But uh, I, I would probably lean Kiffin, but I don't think that there is – I don't think it is a significant drop-off. Do you have any strong evidence for who's the better defensive coordinator between those two guys? No, because Chris Kiffin's not really been been uh, DC much. I mean, again, he's been at the Texans right now, uh, and he's been in the NFL for a, a few years. His stint uh, at at Ole Miss, uh, which was again with Hugh Freeze, I think it was like twenty. I think it was the whole stint with Freeze. Uh, he was not a, a coordinator. He was defensive right. line coach and defensive recruiting coordinator. Uh, the only time he has been a defensive coordinator was one year at Florida Atlantic with his brother Lane. And other than that, he has been uh, – or after that, I should say, uh, he elevated to the NFL. So he, he has not been a coordinator, but he's been in the NFL for a few years. If you were the coach deciding, who would you pick? Again, I would probably lean to Kiffin. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I just saw that Mr. Pettiford has uh, apparently been made a McDonald's All-American that's correct. Yep, joining the likes of Sharif Cooper and, and Jabari and uh, one or two others. So, yeah, that's a big time, big time. And Aiden Hallway, yeah, that's a big time get. 
Yeah, I never thought I'd be alive long enough to see that happen for Auburn basketball. Right, guys? Yeah, they're on a on a great run, obviously, with the program, and that extends to the recruiting world where they continue to set new marks for some of the highest recruits they've ever gotten. Okay, I'll look forward to hearing Justin Ferguson and his comments, especially about uh, tomorrow night's game, how he sees it, uh, you know, what his prognostications are. And, uh, boy, I am just I'm, – I'm ready for Christmas tomorrow with uh, – Wacky Wednesday. Yeah, yes, sir. It's going to be a good one. All right, guys. Thank you for taking my phone call. Have a safe afternoon and evening, and uh, we'll uh, get ourselves ready for tomorrow night's game and Wacky Wednesday. Where are you, guys? Where you'll see. Appreciate that phone call. That is Retire Ward AMC joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Again, we have a few more minutes before we get to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. So let's continue on with the phone calls at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-889-TIGER-9. Next up, Daryl from Auburn. Daryl is with us. Daryl, how are you today? Daryl, are you with us? Daryl? Going once, going twice. And it does not appear we have Daryl with us. Daryl, give us a call back if you can still hear us. Uh, Yeah, so again, a... uh, Fast movie show already. I already got into a couple phone calls. Just Ferguson will again join us at three thirty. We are getting off air at four fifteen today, uh, as we continue to uh, again monitor the portal, monitor all things basketball related too. As this Auburn team up into the top ten now and getting set for that Alabama game tomorrow. Yeah, uh, that that game uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, Auburn is. Auburn is an underdog in this game. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, and uh, it, it's going to be a fight. That's that's for that's for sure. It's going to be a it's going to be a dog fight in Tuscaloosa for that one. All right, I believe we've got Daryl now on our orthopedic clinic phone line. Daryl, are you with us? Yes, uh, Vol Verizon commercial. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> we can hear you now. Good. Yes. Real quick, I know you got to get to Mister Ferguson. Um, I've been following a horse Auburn basketball. Is Sonny Smith uh, retired from the broadcast, or is he having some health issues or a little bit of both? Yeah, to my knowledge, uh, he is still intending to be there whenever he can. He obviously has stopped traveling to road games over the last couple of years, and I I realize that he has not been on the home broadcast very often either uh, when they've been at Neville Arena. But he still intends to do it. Again, I'm not privy to any health information there. Uh, but but I know that he still would like to get out there and do it. And uh, when, when Auburn's at home, it's still very possible that he could do those games. Well, uh, I hope he stays on as best as he can, and I look forward to his com- comments on the. It's quite entertaining as as all basketball games are. He just adds that personal touch to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know he has been able to do some this year. So I think again, I think he, I think we'll see him back some more. Cool beans. All right. Well, I'll let you get back. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That is uh, Daryl from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line there. Yeah, again, Justin Ferguson coming up in a few minutes. Uh, as we were saying, you know, Auburn basketball with, uh, I, I believe Bruce Pearl called it the best team they've played. It is. Um, and uh, I, would say da- I would say Baylor probably. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's not. It's probably just a hop, skip, and a jump difference right. there. And the fact that this will be on the road is certainly the toughest SEC game that Auburn will have played this year with the likes of Arkansas falling off and still really not knowing enough about Ole Miss. I, I talked about a couple weeks ago as we started conference play 
there's always one or two teams, and this really kind of happens in every league. There's always one or two teams that will go like 12-2 and two in the non-conference. And you're thinking, that's nice. They might be on to something. And then they go 5-13 and 13 in the league. And they don't, even, they don't make the NCAA tournament. Sometimes they only make the NIT tournament. And it really falls off. It, it was just they took care of the teams they should have taken care of in the non-conference. Right. And a couple of those teams are the teams that Auburn has already played. Like, I'm very – I'm very suspicious of a team like Ole Miss right now. I know they're still 15-3. and three. They would still absolutely make the NCAA tournament. But in reality, there is a world where Ole Miss ends up like 7-11, and 6-12 in the conference. We'll see. Um, but th- they're on that kind of watch for me, as well as a team, obviously, like Arkansas, who on paper should have been uh, a, a good team this year, like – Again, the, the transfers they got, the backcourt they should have had, you know, they were not stellar in the non-conference, but nine and four from an Arkansas team that's used to go in the tournament, you right. still expect that to be a certain way. Well, now they sit one and four in the SEC and ten and eight overall, and it, you just you just wonder if they're even going to finish above five hundred for the regular season when the by the time the conference slates over. So sometimes records can be a little deceiving. I say all that to say. You see Alabama's record of 12-6, and six, and you might think to yourself, wow, I would probably think South Carolina or Ole Miss or Mississippi State, Florida, who also has a 12-6 record. All those teams have better or a same or better records. Wow, why, why aren't they? Well, it's because they didn't play like four or five ranked teams in the, in the non-conference. And uh, I know that people get disgruntled talking about Alabama's close losses. And look, at some point they're going to have to win games that matter. But – to this point, you get tempted to look at records and think, oh, that may be misleading. Well, or excuse me, that might be who they are. But I, I say to you that this early in the process, still records can be misleading because of, like I said, with the, the teams that had good non-conference records that turn out to not being worth much at all in SEC play and Alabama off to this 4-1 and one start. They did get beat pretty good by Tennessee, and Tennessee's a team we'll talk about a little bit later here in the month or through the season because Tennessee, I think, is a different type of Tennessee team than we've seen under Rick Barnes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- this if there were to be a fourth-ranked team in the league, I think it would be Alabama because of their offensive style of play. And I think there are signs they are improving a little bit defensively. They're still not at all a good defensive team. Uh, and, and the Tennessee game certainly notwithstanding. But, I mean, they had done a little bit better job in conference play. They did hold South Carolina 47 uh, in Coleman a few weeks ago, which is, again, befuddling low. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, but, again, this is going to be a very interesting game. you got the rivalry aspect of it. Uh, again, this will be the best team Auburn's played on the road uh, for sure this season. Uh, there's, there's still some unknowns. We know that Auburn – is really, really, really good. Yeah. But we also know that college basketball is really unpredictable for teams on the road, and that's borne out. And, again, the stat I'm going to keep using, hopefully I get to use this for weeks and weeks, but the stat I will continue to use, there are only two Power Six conference teams undefeated in conference play. This is not normal. This does speak to how damn good Auburn's been. It also speaks to how everyone's bound to lose. But only Auburn and North Carolina are undefeated in conference play at this point in the season. 
uh, out of the ACC, Big East, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, and Pac-12. It's only Auburn and North Carolina. So it is, it is tough to do this, and the longer it goes, the more incredible it gets because, again, even the very best teams in the country like UConn, Kansas, et cetera, have already dropped a game or so in conference play. Yeah. Um, a lot of basketball left. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, it's we're still so early in the season. Uh, I'm going to go back to what I said. I, you know, Auburn's got a very tough task ahead of them tomorrow. If a loss happens, I just so don't want people to freak out. Uh, there's so much basketball left. There's so many wins still on the table. But you just got to understand, Auburn's going to take a loss somewhere. They're not going to run the table. And, it, and it's a very good possibility one could come tomorrow. Um so you know, don't don't freak out. But uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Alabama's really good. You're playing at their place, and then you you look at what else is left on Auburn's schedule. I mean, their their toughest their toughest games are still ahead of them. So um, it is what it is. But you know, enjoy the ride. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest thing I can say is enjoy the ride. Don't freak out. Yeah, on a, on a sheet of paper, again, I would say this is probably if I were ranking them the third toughest game. Remaining on Auburn's schedule, I would say at Tennessee is the toughest. I would say hosting Kentucky is the second toughest. And then third would be Bama. And then at, uh, at Georgia would be fourth. Uh, and then either Ole Miss or Mississippi State, who, whoever ends up being better there at that road game would be fifth. Uh, so, again, that, that is why, you know, talking it down a little bit, that's just the nature of basketball. I, if Auburn loses, though, you know, when Alabama comes to Neville Arena, go – Pound them in the middle earth, you know. Beat, beat, trying to beat the brakes off them and show who the better team is. But uh, that part of it is, unfortunately, that's college basketball at times. And we're going to be interested to hear what Justin Ferguson thinks of it all. As we need to take this time out again, a shortened edition of the show. We're off air at four fifteen today for Borgard High School basketball. But coming up next, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer will join us. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger ninety five point nine. Another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday as we go to the orthopedic clinic phone line where we welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things in your world today? I'm doing all right. How are you all? Doing very well. And, of course, big one for Auburn basketball coming up that we're going to get to in just a second. But before we do that, let's look back on this past week for the Tigers getting a road win at Vanderbilt and also a, a decisive victory Neville Arena against then top 25 Ole Miss. What did you make of the last two games for the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, I know. I thought, you know, Auburn just taking care of business is, is the big thing. Uh, we continue to see 
really good teams in college basketball were highly ranked teams lose to unranked teams. So I think it was, you know, big for Auburn to just take care of business in, in these matchups. So you look at um, Vanderbilt game, they do a really good job of, you know, just getting off to a, a good start and hanging in there. And, you know, um, you know, just I think even with some of the issues in that game that Auburn had to be able to take care of business like they did and win at the level that they did was pretty impressive. And then you go to this old Miss game and, you know, I mean, Ole Miss is an overrated team, you know, really kind of propped up by a bad, by by an impressive record, but bad metrics. Um, and, and Auburn looked like a team that you know just cruised in this one. I mean, they were up by you know, like thirty-five at one point in that game. So it, it was. Uh, I think this team continues to show that they've got everything that it takes to play with against a wide variety of opponents. Um, this team is elite on defense here so far in SEC play. Their offense continues to be really impressive, and I feel like their offense can continue to get better um, because it feels like every game you look back and say, yeah, yeah, and then this guy didn't do quite as much or this area is where they struggled. You know, maybe they turned the ball over a little too much. Maybe they you know, didn't shoot as well from deep. Um, but I do think this team is doing a lot of things correctly. Uh, they're balanced. They're deep. They just give a lot of different team types of teams a lot of different problems, and I think that's going to be key heading into – tomorrow night against Alabama because forget what the record says next to their name. Forget even what you just saw Bama do against uh, Tennessee on Saturday. This is a really good team. Auburn opened as an underdog in this game. It's you know, the first time in a while they've been a dog. So th- th- I think that says a lot uh, about just how talented this Alabama offense is, especially at home. So Auburn's got their hands full tomorrow night, but they're, they're playing as good as you could, could at this point uh, to get you ready for this matchup. And Justin, I wonder if Coach Pearl or anyone around the program the last couple of weeks has talked anything about this. I mean, with this team on this kind of win streak and doing it the way that they are, other than the Texas A&M game in this win streak, they, they've really not even had to play uh, much close basketball in the second half. Uh, is there any right. concern or wonder how Auburn would, would, would be challenged by a road environment and a close game late? I think there's concern just because they haven't had to experience it yet. You know, they go to Arkansas and they put up a billion points, uh, you know, on them and, and just cruising that one. That state game, as someone who is in Boone, that App State game was a really tough environment. Um, it's not a big arena, but uh, the crowd's right on top of you, and, and Auburn didn't handle that quite as well as they should have. So they've been tested some, and, you know, they got off to a slow start uh, in Fayetteville and then you know, put it on them in the second half um, to, to win that game. So, you know, I think that uh, – I think this team is, is untested and unproven, um, you know, and but I think that's just a function of the schedule to this point, right? You know, you only play the team – you only play the teams that are in front of you. And, yeah, Arkansas is not as good as we thought they were going to be this year. Texas A&M is not as good as we thought they were going to be this year. So on and so forth. Um, so I think for Auburn, you know, this team – is a top 10 team by pretty much every metric. Their strength of schedule is not very good. That's going to change here in these next few weeks. Um, so I think we're going to learn a lot Wednesday night about this team. Uh, win or lose, I still think Auburn's a, a really, really good basketball team. But I think you know it's going to really determine how well uh, this team is built to go through this stretch based on what they do against in Tuscaloosa because Alabama is – Alabama was just awesome at home. Uh, they they shoot the lights out. They you know average like ninety three points a game at home. Um, 
So it's going to be a really, really tough test for sure. And uh, we're going to learn a lot about this team tomorrow night. Uh, so knowing it's a tough, a tough task for Auburn, and, and uh, you know something I've been saying, but you know you look at this team. If you try to take away the three pointers, they're going to hurt you inside. If you bang around inside, they can hurt you at three. If you try to slow it down, then they can set up. If you try to speed it up, you're really playing into their hands. But if you putting yourself in the position of an opposing coach, watching mm-hmm. film, trying to figure out this Auburn team. How would you try to beat them? Because right now I have not seen a weakness that I could take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, I think offensively they're really tough to, to, to handle because you're right, they have the shooters. Uh, you know, I think, I think my best bet would just be, hey, try to slow down Janai Broom, try to slow down Jalen Williams um, and that inside presence, and then just say, hey, Auburn, you got to beat us from deep. Um, because obviously you look at the losses they've had this year, um, and there's only been two, that App State game, they just didn't shoot very well from deep. Uh, and, 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 you know, App State really packed it in the lane. Um, you know, I go back to the Baylor game. Uh, if you can bang down low with this team, um, you know, I think that's the, the, best, the best way to handle it because, you know, Baylor got to the free throw line a ton in, in South Dakota and won that game that way. And Auburn's got a tendency to send teams to the foul line a little too frequently. That's easier said than done. I do think, you know, the best way to kind of match up against this team is, you know, play a really physical brand of basketball on both ends of the floor around the rim. Uh, but that's easier said than done because Auburn is the best team in the country right now uh, at, at, you know, defending the rim. And then right now they're one of the best teams in the country in scoring at the rim. So it's, it's much easier said than done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think with the way Jalen Williams and Jani Broom are playing, if you try to slow them down first and foremost and then just kind of roll the dice – with the shooters that Auburn has at guard, um, I think that would probably be your best bet. But the crazy thing about that is, is that you know, you're, that means like, hey, you're you're letting Aiden Holloway and KD Johnson and Denver Jones and Chad Baker Mazzara and those guys kind of fire away from deep, and that's that's a really tough thing to do. And then also, we've seen Jalen Williams hit from deep. We've seen Janai Broom hit from deep. We have seen those guys play this five-out offense. So I mean, like, it is kind of funny that. You know, if you take away Auburn's inside game first and foremost, all five of these dudes that they put on the floor can still hurt you from the outside. So I think that's that's a really – it makes them such a tough team to play for sure. And, and those that, uh, Justin, have been keeping track of Auburn in the analytics department, the Ken Palm rankings and all that, that are, are waiting for the polls to catch up from the human variety for Auburn to, to, to get to where they are uh, analytically would have also – potentially notice the fact that Alabama has consistently been highly rated uh, in, in the Ken Palm rankings and a bunch of the analytics. What makes Alabama uh, a, a really top team and, and why they've been ranked very highly? It's their offense. It's the best offense in the country. Um, you know, really the only time they've really struggled on offense this season, uh, you know, you look at this Tennessee game, yeah, they, they struggled because um, they shot like four of 20-something from deep and turned the ball over 23 times. Like, that that's, you know, those are outlier types of games. And outside of that, like, you know, Alabama's, they just put up a ton of points, especially at home. Uh, Mark Sears is shooting well from every spot on the floor, um, and he is a handful for everybody to play against. Um, Nate Oates is going to play the fastest brand of basketball possible. They're going to get as many shots up as they can. They're going to take a lot of threes and just – live with the analytics that say, hey, if you play fast, take a lot of threes, uh, and you're not terrible at them, 
you're in a pretty good spot to, to, to score a lot of points. And so that's what makes this team really, really dangerous. They're going to they're gonna speed you up. They're going to try to take a lot of threes. And they hit a lot of them at home. I mean, they are inside Coleman Coliseum. They're just a different animal. And I think we saw that last season with Auburn up by 17 in the second half. And then Alabama ties that game up. Now, foul trouble was huge in that game. And uh, obviously, but Alabama just got nuclear shooting the ball. And this team looks like they can do the exact same thing. So, Defensively, they're they're rough. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They have they've had some games where they have not been able to defend very very well. And I think Auburn's, especially on the inside, when you look at you know there's no Charles Bediaco on this team. This is a team that is not as great at rim protecting as they have been in the past. It is a challenge kind of defense. I do think Kadabrum, Jalen Williams, those guys can have a favorable matchup in this game. But Alabama trades that off by saying, hey, we feel like we can run and gun as well as anybody in the country, and, and, and the analytics say they can't. So, um, like I said, like Alabama's 12-6. and six. Alabama's not ranked. Alabama's a favorite tomorrow night against, Al- against Auburn, and there's a reason for that, and it's because this team's just so good on offense and they play so well at home, it, it makes a huge difference. But I do think for Auburn, um, it's hard to be playing better defense right now than the way Auburn's played so far in SEC play. Four of the first five opponents have been, you know, held to 65 or less. They lead the SEC in pretty much every defensive category uh, in conference play. Um, if you're going to have to try to slow down this Alabama team, you better bring a defense like the one Auburn's been playing. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call and Ferg, want to ask you about the Auburn football staff changes that were made, I believe, Wednesday of last week, uh, bringing Derek Nix over. Uh, from Ole Miss to be offensive coordinator, also promoting Kent Austin to be the quarterback coach. Your thoughts on those two moves? Yeah, I think uh, I think they're they're good moves for Auburn. I think Derek Nix is a guy that you look at his experience with both running backs and wide receivers um, for some really good offenses at Ole Miss. You know, including ones with Hugh Freeze and ones with Lane Kiffin. It's a really good hire to make. Um, you know, I think this is going to be Hugh Freeze's show to run on offense next season um, with him calling plays and being more responsible for this offense. So if you're going to do that, why not go to guys that you're super familiar with um, if you're a coach? And I think that's what he's done with bringing in Derek Nix. Also, they're promoting Ken Austin to be your quarterback's coach. He's already been on staff. He's a guy you trust. He's a guy you know that you know you can run on to train your quarterbacks. We'll see. Again, I think so much of the Hugh Freeze hire and the Hugh Freeze experiment at Auburn is going to depend on um, how much better they get through the air and how much, you know, how much impact he can have, Hugh Freeze can have on an offense that has just struggled over the last several seasons. Um, if it's going to work, you feel like you know him being at his most comfortable is going to be the best way to go about it. So I think those 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 hires are two very familiar ones, two pretty good ones, and we'll see if they can help Auburn take that step forward in the passing game, um, especially you know with with what they need because you know Auburn's running game. Was pretty good last season. A solid, you know, one of the better ones in Power Five, one of the better ones in the SEC. All that's great, but Auburn went 0 and 7 against teams that finished with a winning record last year. And in all seven of those games, they got thoroughly outplayed through the air. That's that's got to be the big difference in this this team. If they want to take a step forward, they got to start throwing the ball around the yard better. Um, so, you know, Ken Austin and Derek Nix are both going to play key parts in that with you, Freeze. And then, Justin, I know a lot of people still speculating on the defensive coordinator search to join Charles Kelly there as a co-DC. 
Uh, what's the latest on that search? And I, and I know that we've heard a couple prominent names. Is there anyone else that uh, folks should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, I think it's I think it's the two names you've heard the most are going to be the ones that yeah I'd be surprised if it's not one or the other. And that's you know Chris Kiffin or DJ Jarkin. I think Chris Kiffin, you know, obviously just wrapped up um, his uh, NFL season with the Texans. You know, they made a great run to the divisional round with a brand new staff and a lot of rookies. Chris Kiffin coached uh, the guy who was named the PWFA Defensive Rookie of the Year this year, and Will Anderson, um, and he's got a great track record with you know pass rushers, especially. I think it would be a really good move there. Um, Durkin obviously is a guy who, you know, the last, I guess, three or four years now, he's worked for two different SEC programs, so there's an experience factor there that I think, um, you know, that, that, that teams are looking at there. So I'd be surprised if it was one of either of those two guys. I do think Kiffin is the guy that makes the most sense for the job, just kind of just if I if I had to just kind of throw throw it out there, just because, you know, his position, positionally, that's where, you know, it fits with what Auburn needs right now. And additionally, you know, you look at it and uh, it's taken Auburn a while to get this defensive staff finalized. And that would make sense if Kiffin was literally coaching all the way up till, you know, Saturday night uh, with the Texans. So we'll see where it goes. We could go, I think it could go either way there um, based on what I've, what I've heard. But I'd be surprised if it's not one of those two guys. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. Justin, what can our listeners go and find at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, a whole lot of basketball right now. Uh, we will preview the uh, Auburn-Alabama game tomorrow. Um, big newsletter dropping for that. Wrote a story today on Chad Baker-Mazzara and just you know how crazy impactful he's been this year off the bench and just how he ranks you know, pretty much uh, compared to other SEC players. Uh, and then I wrote a big story, a film room, on Monday about the defense for Auburn. So if you want to kind of know why Auburn's defense is excelling like they are, you can check all that out at auburnobserver.com. We will have mailbag later this week. We will, uh, you know, recap the Alabama game, look ahead to the Mississippi State game. Um, so a whole lot of basketball right now. But also keeping, keeping track of everything going on, you know, football-wise uh, with, uh, with, with, with the staff. So auburnobserver.com, sign up there. It's $6 a month or $60 a year. Every newsletter, every podcast gets emailed straight to your inbox. Justin, as always, we certainly appreciate the time today, and we look forward to talking again soon. I appreciate you guys. That is Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. We need to take one more quick time out here in hour number one. We'll be back to wrap up this first hour right after this. easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn now back to auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show sports call This Tuesday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy. Our thanks to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for joining us on the other side of that break. If you missed it, go back and check it out on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. We did have a, a brief issue 
trying to get yesterday's podcast up. We were able to get it up just prior to this show today. Uh, so our apologies on that, but typically posted about a half hour after each show. And again, it's presented by Coca Cola, and we certainly appreciate you if that is how you are consuming Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Just a couple minutes left here in hour number one. Again, we don't have much of an hour number two. We'll only have one segment in the second hour, getting off air right around 4.15 today. As Borgon High School basketball on the schedule change, so we got the girls' game coming up at 4.30, and then they have the JV in between. Uh, this is being played at Lafette, and that's how they do it. They do varsity girls, then JV boys, then varsity boys. Usually it's varsity girls and varsity boys back-to-back to end the evening. So we'll have the varsity girls' game at 4.30. Uh, there will be a break in between those broadcasts, back to normal music operating hour or so, and then back to Borgard basketball. So that's what's happening the rest of today. Again, reminder, tomorrow, Wacky Wednesday, very special guest coming up at 4 o'clock, and he will be with us for the last two hours, one kind of normal hour where we talk ball, preview Auburn, Alabama, that sort of thing, and then an hour where we gonna get wacky. endanger ourselves, and I will leave it that. Probably you're starting to put two and two together by our hints these last couple of days, but we're going to keep – we're going to keep it not uh, out in the open just yet. We will announce it uh, beginning of the show tomorrow. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Look forward to it. And, uh, again, this is just a uh, wacky week of Sports Call because, again, Thursday we'll have a shortened show too. We'll tell you about that tomorrow. So uh, definitely a different scheduling change. But, again, obviously we know that uh, the topics remain the same no matter how long we have to talk about them. And, again, Tom, we look towards that defensive coordinator search. That's yeah. kind of the last big thing, I think, for now. Uh, I th- now, I know that's risky in today's college football answer, wow. but I think that until spring practice, that is probably one of, if not the last items. Uh, him and, and him and Ryan Williams. Ryan, so, I was about to say Ryan Williams uh, in February. That, that's been known for a while. Right. Um, and I think that would be it. But I'm saying just as far as new news, because we did not figure there would be an open defense coordinator spot as of a month ago. And then yep. Ron Roberts left. There was some changes there. And so now uh, bring in Charles Kelly. Uh, Wesley McGriff is, is still here. He's back. Yep, he's, he's not back. there. He's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and so now it just seems to be, and we just confirmed again with Ferg, I mean, again, the prevailing thought is it's still – Durkin or Kiffin, and there's probably not a third third name at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where all signs have pointed to for a while now, and so uh, you would think it's going to be one of those. I I don't know that I necessarily have a, a one that I would want over the other. Uh, they both have they both have their positives. They both have their negatives. Uh, you know, the negative with Chris Kiffin being that he's never really been a defensive coordinator of any sort. He's been a yeah, just he, one year at FAU. Just one year at FAU, but any you know, at major schools or, or major, even in the NFL, it's been position coach. Uh, when he was in college, he was known to be a good recruiter, but now that he has been out of, out of, uh, the college ranks, you wonder, you know, how much is he really going to be invested in, in the recruiting aspect of what you need? Um, Durkin, has been a good defensive quarter, not a coordinator, not one that just everybody just screams and yells like, oh, my gosh, DJ Durkin is like a genius of defenses. I mean, he's been good, but not one that you just hear right. people just rave over. Um, 
great recruiter, very well-known recruiter. You got that aspect. But then you also, on the negative, you have to wonder about the the, the stuff that happened at Maryland. I mean, is is that was there truth to that when he was the head coach there? You know, is he a guy that has toxic environments around him? Is he a toxic coach? I, you know, I don't know that these things are true. I just know that that's what hovers over him. That's that cloud that hangs over the top of DJ Durkin. So uh, they both come with their pros. They both come with their cons. Uh, I definitely would have, you know, if you're going to have to make the move, obviously you want a guy that has a whole lot more pros than any cons, you know, but Hugh Freeze is a guy that's going to put people in these positions that he trusts and that he knows, and that's why Durkin and Kiffin, both guys that he's very familiar with, are the – one of those two likely going to be on that in that spot. So again, that continues to be our next watch. Who becomes the other co-defense coordinator? That could also be another argument for Kiffin, by the way, where it's like, well, he's not the full charge of the right. defense. He is probably maybe more responsible, less res- responsible, equally responsible. Again, co-defense coordinator. But in that case, then you better be one of the best recruiters right. in the country. And well, and they already have that with Kelly, though. Yeah. So I get they they've already covered. I feel that. You can never recruit enough, but they've already uh, covered a lot of the recruiting bases. But, again, I'm not going to argue against it. We are out of time for this first hour. Again, a one-segment hour number two before we get off air on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Final hour and final segment of the show today. Not even an hour. Tiger 95.9. This is Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday down to only about 10 more minutes, though, on this show. Again, because of the schedule changes, changes we got Borgard High School basketball coming up at 4.30. The girls' game, uh, again, a disjointed schedule, so girls' game at 4.30, but boys' game still slated for about 7, 7.30, something like that. There will be a break in between, so that's why we're down to our final moments already of the show. Again, reminder that we're very excited about tomorrow, a special guest coming on the show right around 4 o'clock. He'll be with us for two hours at 5 o'clock, a wacky Wednesday. And, wow. Again, it's – I'm just nervous, man. You, <laughs> I'm just nervous. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm kind of nervous, too, about it. But, see, you, you – well, okay, see, okay, does that make – okay, I'm about to get my own head. You've sampled said product. Yeah. At least the, the higher end. Yes. And 
see, usually that should mean you know what to expect and therefore, oh, I can do this. This is fine. However, you've sampled said product and are still nervous. Therefore, and you're better at heat than we are. Maybe we're going to have a couple special guests from that are not uh, usually on the sports side of things. Join us tomorrow, too. And they are pretty good with heat. That's why they want to do this. So y'all so might be it, okay. You're giving it away with what you're saying. What did I just say? I, oh, no. You're I saying didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I am starting to get away. Am I? I'm tired. And uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm still going to act like that didn't happen. <laughs> but they're more experienced in that sort of thing. And I'm just nervous because you can do that more easily than, than I can. And some others can. So... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting tomorrow. That's for sure. So definitely want to have everyone tuned into that. Again, that will be our Wacky Wednesday at five o'clock tomorrow. Final few minutes of the show today. Again, getting set for some basketball tomorrow night for Auburn, Alabama. Uh, no transfer portal news for Auburn of the last few days. Uh, the biggest transfer portal news has continued to be all of the Alabama players that have hit the portal. Uh, and where they have pretty much funneled to, which has been a whole lot of Ohio State and Texas, it feels like, making out. Um, really in the whole portal cycle, because a lot of Ohio States are, uh, are, are, you know, they don't have a big number, but they had a couple of big guys that were not. Alabama guys and Will Howard from Kansas State and Quinshaw Judkins from um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss but uh, then you add to that. The last couple of days, Caleb Downs, who is uh, terrific, and you add to that um, Julian Sands so that they could potentially have a future quarterback there after Will Howard. Uh, they have not gotten as many transfers as, say, Ole Miss or Louisville or a couple other, but, I mean, it's pretty much uh, about as good of a purr as you can get for Ohio State. And then again, Texas has had successful portal dealings. Here too, getting Isaiah Bond and uh, some other guys. I mean, Georgia has loaded up. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's done a good job, but I'm, I'm saying they have not benefited as much uh, from Alabama's stuff here than than these other schools. I mean, again, Ohio State's replacing an entire backfield. Wow. Uh, they've they've gotten the best defensive player in the portal, in my opinion, in Caleb Downs. Uh, it, again, not saying Georgia hasn't done anything, but I, I'm way more focused on kind of those right. components because of how new they are and, uh, again, how completely different that team's going to feel. And, oh, by the way, it was still just a one-loss team. I mean, that that is that is no small thing that they've been able to get in the portal. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, helps when, it helps when your collective is bringing in millions and millions and millions and millions upon millions of dollars you can do that um i think i read something recently where the the collective there at ohio state had just recently brought in 13 some odd million dollars uh when you have that happening you're able to divvy up some of that nil money and again we can we can sit here and gnash teeth all we want to about that's not what it's designed for and everything yes that's not what it's designed for but that's what teams are doing that's what schools are doing and until they change the rules to that or put some kind of a stop gap in there to prevent it then that's what's going to happen the rich will get richer 
uh, teams like Ohio State and others that have these huge collectives will be able to go out and buy the best players that you can possibly buy. You will purchase the best roster that you can possibly get. Now, you can also sit there and go, well, that's the way it's always been even before the NIL. Well, yeah, but it was illegal back then, and you would get in a lot of trouble if that happened. Well, now it's it's kind of a free-for-all. And so if you can get your collective and have your alumni and, and everybody else contributing into that collective and get that joker up to $13, 14000000 million, then you're riding pretty good. And that's what Ohio State's done. Ohio State has literally gone out and they have bought some of the best players that they can buy. And it's legal because there's no rules against it right now. So I also think it's I think it's kind of comical to me, though, to hear Alabama fans griping about it. It's like, wait a minute now. You've taken you took advantage of this for so many years now that it's kind of biting you in the butt. You're not liking it. Only about five or six minutes left here in, in, in the show. We've got time for one final phone call on the show today. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joins us. Anthony, how are you today? Good. I got two quick things. Yep. Um, you know, Proctor stated on national TV that uh, they had been contacting throughout the year Ohio State, encouraged him, talking to him, influence and whatnot. I'm sure that should be considered tampering. Number two, I mean, Auburn, hey, they got the same kind of money. Yellowwood got plenty of money, so y'all have been getting the money up so he can get take advantage of some of these people transferring out. Yeah, uh, first on the Proctor thing, yeah, you, that was a uh, major gaffe on his part. And, again, we, we know it's happening. We're not dumb. Yeah. Uh, we, we know it's happening, but obviously there's levels to it, and you can't just go out and <laughs> make it so obvious, and he did. Uh, so that's that's not a good look. And then, uh, secondly, yeah, no, uh, a lot of teams have these collectives. I actually, again, we don't have the time today to get into it. I actually would uh, do a counterpoint to Tom's point and say it actually opens it up more. It, uh, because more teams have the ability to get these players and the money is ruling so many things uh, that it actually allows other opportunities for other schools to tighten things up. So I think there's multiple ways of looking at it. Yeah, that's true. But i say this right quick. Since the money is like it is with the TV revenue and all the revenue coming in, it just might as well say we're just going to feed the NFL. We're a farm league now, feeding the NFL. It's not so much student athlete or, or, or amateur. Just throw it out the window and go ahead and let people sign contracts and make sure these guys get the agents and whatnot and, and get the best deal they can possibly get. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's going to be one of the next steps you see is it's going to get to the point to where, uh, and especially when you start talking about the NIL and the amount of money that's there, and now you combine that with this just kind of unfettered transfer portal deal, you're going to end up ultimately to where these kids are going to have to sign a contract be with that school and they will sign the contract and say that, you know, you will be here for three years. You will sign a three-year contract and the NIL will be for this much money. If you decide to leave, which you're still free to do, you can go wherever. However, if you do that, then you have to pay back that money. That's how that contract is written. So we will pay you this amount of money and you can come here for three years and be a part of this and then go to the pros. But if you leave us and go somewhere else, then you will have to pay back that money. I'm kind of feeling that, but I will put one thing with If you graduate within those three years, then you're free to go without paying it back. Sure, yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you stay through whatever contract is that you sign, then, yeah, then you don't pay it back. But 
if you take advantage of the transfer portal and you decide that you see something big and shiny across the way and you want to leave school X to go to school Z, then you're going to have to pay back that NIL money that you earned. So, so be just like a buyout with a coach. Exactly, uh, exactly, exactly. And I mean, but that's I'm how that. that's how it's going to have to be done. Otherwise, it's just a full on free for all with no repercussions for anything. I'm kind of feeling that. I think that would probably level things off a little bit, and the uh, ones that want to go just had to pay back, and then everybody be happy because they take that money and buy another athlete that's probably even better than the one they lost. Sure, and, that, and there we go. We just fixed college football. We fixed nil. Transfer we well, just I appreciate it. it, guys. I know y'all got to go. We'll get back with you later in the week, and we're going to have some fun. Yes, sir, All Anthony. Right. Appreciate it. That is Anthony from Auburn joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line again. Uh, this is an incredibly shortened show because Borgard High School basketball, which we're proud to cover Coming up. on our airwaves. Also want to mention, though, that over on FM Talk 93.9 in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll get going over there to Smith Station basketball in action. They've got girls and boys basketball against Auburn High tonight. So Smith Station against Auburn. And the 5 o'clock hour over on FM Talk 93.9. Again, 4.30 right here. So just a few minutes for Borgard High School girls basketball against Lafette. And then a little bit later around 7 o'clock for the boys' side of things. So, again, that's why we are getting off off air in just a moment. But for now, as we start to close this Tuesday edition of the show, time for a quick nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. No music because, once again, we have to go pretty quick today, but men's college basketball, Texas, goes to number 11, Oklahoma, 6 o'clock on ESPN. I'm sure Rodney Terry, uh, if they lose, will be very upset about the horns down, and we forgot to care about that one. Uh, 6 o'clock, Florida State-Syracuse, that's on ESPN2. Pittsburgh-Georgia Tech, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. NBA tonight, New York Knicks-Brooklyn Nets, that's a nice New York City rivalry, 630 TNT. And then AMC movie pick for you tonight, 7 o'clock. Again, on AMC, H. Ventura, Pet Detective, and that is Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer, and that will do it for this very abridged version of the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Tom Peavy, thank you for being here today, and we look forward to what's in store for us tomorrow. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Again, that will do it for the show for this Tuesday. A special guest joins us tomorrow as well as a Wacky Wednesday, so be sure to tune in to that. We want to thank Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for joining us today, and as always, we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in. For Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LeBoy. Again, Borgard High School basketball is next, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.